Hello there, and welcome to Grim Reading, where each episode we read and review a Brothers Grimm tale. My name is Matthew Hughes, and with me on this journey is my co-host, Mr. Adam Field. This week on Grim Reading. Christmas Special 2023. So make yourself comfortable and prepare for a Grim Reading. Hello and welcome to our fifth Christmas special. Matt, welcome to you to the sixth Christmas special. Uh, What did I say? (laughs) Did I say... Six? I said six. Fifth. I said fifth. Wait, which one is it? 2018, 19, 21, Oh no, you were right. This is our fifth. No, this is our sixth. (laughs) Oh dear, we're off to a flying start. Off to a flying start. (laughs) What I definitely know is it's our first episode since June, or was it July? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we're, we've we're, been away for a yeah, while. Yeah, we're trying to remember how to do this thing. It's gonna, I think, take a while to get back into it. Yeah. Well, we both made it back to the castle. We did to get all Christmassy. Oh yeah. Around the fire, with all the usual goodies in front of us adam what have we got here what do you what are you bringing to the table because you have supplied everything this year pretty much so we've got some good christmas snackage here we've got uh little christmas shaped pretzels very yeah, nice very nice marvel upon those i'm looking at them various different sort of candied nuts like i think salted caramel maybe chocolate orange wow. i'm not sure we have got What's happening there? Little slices of something I don't think we've eaten at our no. reading Christmas parties before. So this is exciting. <laughs> That's so exciting. <laughs> it's so exciting, Matt. A new I'm piece really of food. Excited. This is a traditional British Christmas cake. Christmas cake. Yeah, we we talk about mince pies all the time. We do indeed. Which we do have. We've also got mince pies. got my eye on those. Yeah. But another British Christmas tradition is the Christmas cake. Yeah. How would you describe a Christmas cake? I was about cake, to ask you to walk me through it, because <laughs> I'm nervous. We're both shirking that responsibility. It's essentially a, a kind of fruit cake. A very dense fruit cake. Dense fruit cake, spiced. Yep. And it has a layer of icing on top. W- not just icing, of course. Marzipan very important. as well. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I did all right with that one. You did very well. I think there, there was a. I think it was 2018. I tried to describe a, a mince pie. Yeah, and, and what was it? You it's it was like a, a circle. It's like a. <laughs> it's like a circle. So I've improved there. I've yeah. forgotten how to podcast, but I can describe Christmas foods better. <laughs> you're uh, now an expert in that. It, Christmas cake is the thing when you're a kid that you hate, right? Yeah, I didn't like it. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I didn't like it for a long time. I don't even know when I got into it, but it is delicious. It's basically fruit. It's very yeah. fruity and quite um, it's quite dense. Well, I think it's got quite a bit of alcohol in there as well. Because I think with the Christmas yes. cake, you like what they call feed it. You like have to feed it with alcohol. I'm not sure what alcohol. Speaking of alcohol, the main piece de resistance uh, of the occasion is something Adam whipped up earlier. So... If anyone listened to our last Christmas episode, mm-hmm. uh, you may remember that we put out a shout on Instagram saying, let us know some of your Christmas traditions from around the world. Yeah. And we had a deluge of responses. It was amazing. Yeah. And we read out a load of uh, Christmassy uh, goodies from around the world. 
Um, we said that we would attempt to make one next year. We did. And we have done just that. Now, this is something that to people in the Americas will be very heavily associated with Christmas. Sure. But I've never had it before. Adam's never no. had it before. And this it, is new territory. And I'm, I'm surprised to be saying this, but it looks delicious. Do you think? I'm on the fence, so I'm not sure what to expect. We haven't even said what it is yet. Adam, tell us, please. It is, of course, the traditional eggnog. Eggnog. Cheers. Cheers. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Oh, that's that's not bad. Delicious. That's actually not bad at all. It's creamy. Mm -hmm. It's is that cinnamon you put on top? I put a little bit of cinnamon, and can you detect anything else I put on top? There's a cinnamon stick in there as well. There is. Nutmeg? Very oh. good, Matt. Very yes. good. Oh, I've come a long way two from... Two. It's a circle. <laughs> it's a kind of circle. Wow, that is... That's that's nice. Mm. I think I've always thought eggnog just doesn't sound appealing. Yeah, it's not a good name, is it? Eggy alcohol. Yeah. But uh, I'm coming around to it. So how did you make this? What's what's in here? Oh, that's lovely. Um. So I actually looked up a load of different recipes. Okay. It was a bit of a struggle to figure out which one, but this one, so this look basically Okay, sorry, I didn't mean There to might put be you some people so much from North America oh, you... that are used to drinking this that might go okay. like that's not how you make eggnog. Mm. To them I can say I'm really sorry. Uh but this has milk, egg yolks, cream, brandy, cinnamon, sugar, I think that's it. And nutmeg. And nutmeg, yeah. My, my my understanding is brandy and egg and milk. I think that's basically the key ingredients, isn't it? Everything yeah. else is like Sugar. a different spin. Yeah, it needs to be sweet and creamy and brandy. I saw some recipes suggest rum, but I think brandy's Ooh. right. Rum and egg. No, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> no, thank you. What's for breakfast, mum? Rum and egg. Rum and egg. <laughs> Like every Monday, Jimmy. <laughs> I don't know who Jimmy is. Get out, Look, Jimmy. I'm very tired. Uh, so I also have... Uh, a, are we going to advertise this? That is a very festive drink, if you think about it. I'm having a Coca-Cola. Holidays are coming. Holidays are coming. I'm not being paid. <laughs> don't do it for them. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah, I was at a, a Christmas choir uh, last night. Very nice. I stopped at an inn on my way, riding at full steam to Castle Grimm. Stopped, watched a... Little Christmas choir, things got a little out of hand. It was a bit of a late one, later mm -hmm. than normal bedtime. So this so, is a medicinal Coca-Cola. Oh, as God intended. <laughs> but um, I think it's quickly going to be replaced by that eggnog. I love it. So yeah, the only other things we've got apart from that are obviously mince pies. Yeah. We talked about them a lot. Yeah. See previous five Christmas episodes yeah. <laughs> for more on those little circles. And we've also got a bottle of fancy port. Yeah, I mean, we have to have port at the Grim Reading Christmas party. And Matt has brought along kind of an extra fancy port today. It looks delicious. Fortified wine. Is that what we describe port as? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that kicking. Um, that's exactly how I describe it. Fortified wine. Great. Well, that will fortify us nicely later. It's oh. chilly, isn't it? Oh, it's cold. And may I say, Adam's... Put on a 
you and the elves or whoever you've got working here have put on an incredible Christmas display. It's yep. looking so beautiful. We've got Thank a little you. Christmas tree with a grim reading Christmas bauble. Yes, indeed. Want. Yes, indeed. We've also got some Christmas penguins. Yeah. Um, and some extra special decorations. Yes. Of the Nutcracker. Oh, I have a feeling they'll be coming up later. <laughs> it's a story we started last year. It is. And... Uh, and I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but, you know, we've got a lot of fun things planned for tonight. We do. Matt, this is my favourite moment of the Grim Reading calendar. Yeah. And the fact that we're coming back off a, a sort of an extended break, I'm just extra excited about tonight. I love the Grim Reading Christmas party. It's always a joy. I love it too. It's the festive place to be. And I saw what you were about to reach for there. Yeah. It's the classic. It's cracker time. Christmas cracker. Christmas cracker. See previous five Christmas episodes. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to explain this again. Um, okay, we're doing okay. playing at the same time. So there'll be. Uh, we're not doing. We're not doing like winner takes. Oh, are we? We like. I get one of these. No, we'll, we'll be equitable. Okay, but good. Um, for anyone who doesn't know what cracker is, prepare for a small explosive sound. Go. Go! <laughs> See, I knew that was going to happen. You've got a secret That's grip. why you laid the, laid the ground rules. Yeah. I won both of them. Yeah. Um, do you want the reindeer one or the Father Christmas one? I will have whichever one you don't want. I feel like reindeers for you. Yep. Yeah. Right, so I'm going with, with Father Christmas. So. So with a Christmas cracker, you get a paper crown, a mm-hmm. joke, and a little present. What's my present? I'm confused. What have you, what have you got? That's a mysterious envelope. <laughs> You've got a mysterious envelope. What? Is, what? It's like, if you're reading this, I need help. <laughs> oh, no. What? Oh, oh, it's a little <gasps> plane you no, can build. That. that is so cool. Oh, I I'm so excited. So Matt, what did you get? I got a little Christmas sticker. <laughs> nice. Which has Christmas characters in stars. Where are you going to stick that? Where are you going to put that, Matt? <laughs> I mean... Okay, oh, I'm going to wear this sticker. I've got a little snowman. What, what? Okay, snowman. Do you Who want? What do you want? You want to? So Adam, this hasn't come up before. Adam loves penguins. Has that not come up before? I don't think that's Maybe ever come hasn't. up. I really love penguins. They're so cool. Penguins and cats. Is that just because they're cool? Yeah, they're the cool animal. Have you never seen them waddling along and just think? I do love a penguin. That's so cool. I do love a penguin. Do you think of them as festive? Because you've got them up here with your Christmas decorations. Yeah. You've also got, I believe, a penguin Christmas jumper. I do, yeah. So are they kind of festive for you? I think so. They're Wintery. snowy. Yeah. yeah. It's always sort of white and snowy down in Antarctica, isn't it? It's time for a joke, Adam. Yes. What athlete is warmest in winter? What athlete? This is good. This is really good. What athlete, what is, athlete warmest? is warmest in the winter? The... Sprint. What, what keeps you warm? Oh, no. What keeps you warm? Fire. Yeah, but maybe not that. Heat? No, just on your body, on your person. Jumper. The yeah. long jumper. The long jumper! Hey! Because he's got a long jumper. Very good. Nice. Oh, I enjoyed that. Jumper meaning sweater. Just. Oh, that's true. That's yeah. uh, That's not... That doesn't transfer, does it? No, that won't be funny to a large swathe of the world. Okay, well, now that you know now that you jumper know. means sweater, now you're laughing, aren't you? Now <laughs> you're having a great time. Uh, well, you can stop laughing now, because now it's my turn for a joke. Unfortunately, this one, everyone knows this one. Oh, don't so, say that. If oh, I don't okay. get it now. I feel like you will get it. Oh. How does good King Wenceslas like his pizzas? 
deep and crisp and even. Deep pan, crisp and even. Yeah. Oh, well, basically what you said, oh, but they had an extra pan in yeah. there. Just deep. He likes them deep. deep, deep, <laughs> deep. He likes his pizzas deep. Well, yeah, deep pan pizza. So a bit more later on uh, where you can catch us next, which is very soon. Mm. Within the week, there'll be another grim reading thing happening. Yes. But apart from that, in the new year, we'll be back with an episode in January that we can't say too much on. Mm. And I'm then serious. after that, we'll be starting the Brothers Grimm tournament essentially again not the time to go into that now no but uh those are the headlines that's uh that's where we are right now so start of uh next year january or february we'll be we'll be in back to a regular regular schedule exactly podcasting very excited about those plans and that should that tournament that should then round out um volume one of kinder and housemarking but before all that We've got Christmas party to have. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's in full swing. I'm, yeah. I'm loving it. Eggnog's going Enough down nicely. business. It's time to party. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, speaking of which, I think it might well be present time. Oh, present time. So we, we'd said this time that we'd only do one present because if you do two presents, it takes double as long yep. uh, in the episode, yeah. which is already a very long episode. <laughs> Unfortunately, though, Matthew. I couldn't... like. Life happened. I ended up getting you two Life things. Happened. Okay, but they're related. Okay, related okay. Things. You need one for the other. Right. Oh. Okay. Wow. Thank you very much. The. Okay. Matt has handed me uh, one large, irregularly shaped present. I would mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. delightfully wrapped in brown paper there, and then a smaller present, about the size of a DVD case. Um, Funny that (laughs) Uh, Wrapped very beautifully Which should I open first? The one that That almost resembles a a DVD (laughs) It's got string tied around it very beautifully What's um, what's going on with that fella? He's just clocked the wrapping paper So that's just an unfortunate (laughs) bit of wrapping there I'm staring staring. What are you looking at I'm staring at an old bald guy in his wife fronts with a very hairy chest. That's what I'm staring at. <laughs> I can explain. So, <laughs> what am I looking at no, that? It was, I, okay, that's just some old wrapping paper I found. <laughs> I wrapped it up and I saw. If, if you were, later, you'll see. You'll see that you were okay. You were wrong to be worried. Basically, it's wrapping paper that he's taking a picture. Um, <laughs> it's wrapping paper. It's essentially like an assemble your own Father Christmas. Oh, I see. So it's now. just a, a guy oh, in his underwear, yeah. and then next to him is like a beard, a beard glasses. a vest, the coat, yeah. the Christmas hat, and I think the idea is you could put it together. But the way I've wrapped it, all you can see is the, the essentially naked. Was that on purpose? Guy. No, genuinely not. <laughs> genuinely I just okay. finished wrapping it, and I was like, oh, it's too late to do that. This <laughs> weird guy I'm really at me. sorry. No, I love it. What have you got in there, Adam? Yeah. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Which we talked about going to see, we were excited about, mm-hmm. and then nothing ever happened. Yeah. I'm so looking forward to watching this. I hear very good things. I think last year you got me the first Puss in Boots on DVD. Maybe. Might need to fact check that. <laughs> no, I think uh, I might have done, actually. And in our patron podcast, we watched it. Well, we we watched it before the, the podcast. Then in the podcast, we reviewed it. And 
I revealed the exciting news that you already knew that there was a <laughs> second one in the works 15 yeah. years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still starring Antonio Banderas. Naturally. And uh, yeah, we were excited to see it. It came and went. We missed our chance. We missed it. We're quite good at that. But Adam, you got another chance now. Oh. Um, uh, do I open this yeah, now? Yeah, why not? It's okay. a related present. So this is... Hmm. This is a requirement for watching the film. Okay. Yeah, it will enhance your viewing experience. Okay, interesting. Okay. Well, now, colour me intrigued. It's quite a large present. I just thought you really need to get into the spirit. Oh, hang on. What is this? Oh, Matt, that's incredible. That's... Is this a... Is this Puss in Boots hat? It's a Puss in Boots hat. Oh, look at that. It's a Puss in Boots hat. I'm getting it out of uh, a Ziploc baggie. (laughs) A giant one. Airlock. It's massive. (laughs) It's a huge hat. It's it's really big. So I can show you. you, I'll show you. I'll show you. Because I've got instructions. (laughs) Looking at it. So you've got a hat. It's kind of like a um, Three Musketeers hat. Yeah. So you sort of wear it like that. Okay. With one side kind of pushed up. Okay. And then the other side out. And then it's got a golden feather. So it's a black hat with a red band and a golden feather. So at an angle like this? Very nice. Dashing. Swashbuckling. I've always wanted to be Puss in Boots. He's the best. I love it. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. I cannot wait to watch Puss in Boots The Last Witch. I mean, that's a ridiculous thing to buy someone. But I couldn't resist. I'm sorry. One man's ridiculous. It's another man's genius. It does suit you, actually. Do you think? I mean, obviously, I I can't see myself. Yeah, we just need to get you the boots now. It's quite a big hat, isn't it? Yeah, it's a monster. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I I feel like... Okay, there's some wire in the brim. I need to do some shaking. Yeah, it needs some work. Yeah, 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 for sure. It's very cool. Well, that's amazing. That Christmas present will take some uh, beating, I think. Uh, Wow. Well, is it time for your present? Yeah. Okay, so I'm a bit worried about this present because... Is it a DVD of Puss in Boots, The Last Wish? Well, I... uh, um, Oh, no. I I saw this a while ago, and I was like, oh, that's a lovely thing. Uh And then I I got it, and then I was like, oh, wait, does Matt already have this? I feel like Matt already has this. Mm -hmm. So basically, I have a backup gift if you already have this. This this actually came up quite recently, and I didn't want to say anything because I'd make it too obvious. Came up on the podcast? I couldn't say. Okay, well, Adam's just handed me a book-shaped present. (laughs) Oh, is it a regular book-shaped? Very nicely wrapped. Just going to rip to shreds. Okay. Grimm's Tales for Young and Old. Did you see the author? By Philip Pullman. Now, do you remember this coming up literally just the other day? Literally two days ago. Was it two days Three ago? Three days ago. Wow. That's amazing. Have yeah. you got that, seen that? I don't have this, but I've seen it. Yeah. I saw it in, in, a, in a popular book outlet. But it's from uh, the, I think it's Penguin, uh, cloth-bound, sort of classic Yeah, oh edition. yeah, you're right. It's cloth, isn't it? And yeah. it's just a really nice item. It's absolutely beautiful. I mean, the price tag's still on. Do you want to <laughs> sort that out? <laughs> classic Christmas moment. You didn't see that? No. Not there. Just saw all the go. zeros. I was like, wow. <laughs> um, no, so, th- okay, so this is, um, I don't have this. Okay. And it's absolutely beautiful edition. I love it. Thank you. 
I've always been curious about it. Mm. So this is the, Gr- the Grimm's fairy tales, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But reimagined or retold by Philip Pullman, the British mm, fantasy say, writer. Yeah, a young adult yeah. author. So he wrote the His Dark Materials trilogy yeah. with uh, the Northern Lights or the American titles of The Golden Compass. Okay. Which I know Adam hasn't. I know you haven't read those because no. it came up. So it we did, did a, we did a quiz uh, yeah. on another podcast the other day. We guest hosted a Rex Factor quiz, and this literally came up in that. <laughs> it did. So I sat there thinking, "Oh, stop talking about it." I've seen it in bookshops before because I feel like if ever you see a Brothers Grimm copy, Pride of Place in a bookshop, you know, yeah, yeah. out on display, it will be the Philip Pullman one because right. it's got his name behind it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I remember is that they're relatively similar. I think so. And the cool thing is, just flicking through. It's got like ATU types and a bit of a like blurb no. and stuff. Yeah. What? It's, it's quite cool, actually. Oh my gosh, it does. Yeah. Oh, he's done it. The youth who wanted to learn what fear is. There you go. <laughs> also, I love an introduction, Adam. Oh, yeah. A lot of the books I bought are just for the introductions. Because <laughs> it'll be someone who knows what they're talking about yeah, yeah. writing a miniature essay. Adam, I love it. Thank you oh, so much. You're so welcome. You did say there's a backup present, and now I kind of wish I'd said that. I've already got this, so I kind of got another present. Matt, but, I'm going to uh, give you your backup present anyway. No, you don't have to. I <laughs> know. I think I I do. Right. Same wrapping paper. It's a uh, DVD shape present. Yeah, interesting. DVD shape and size. <laughs> <laughs> What's just happened, Matt? Adam's just given me Puss in Boots The Last Wish on DVD. <laughs> what are the chances? What are the chances? <laughs> you know, I, I, when I bought it, I was like, is he going to get this well, for me as there well? There was a strong possibility. But it means we can both watch it now. Absolutely. <laughs> Except one, one of us, only one of us has the hat to watch it with. Oh, no. <laughs> I have to get a timeshare on the hat. <laughs> yeah, you have to borrow it. Well, we're off to a flying star, Adam. I'm, yeah. I'm going to talk into some Christmas cake because I'm excited. Mm. And uh, just be safe in the knowledge that I'm in your capable hands. Adam, what's about to happen? I, I have a feeling we've got two stories coming tonight. Well, what are you bringing to the table? Mm, that's a good, good. <laughs> <laughs> Was that, that's a good cake. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice Christmas cake. So, last Christmas episode. I read rather a long story to start with. I actually blanking on the name of Christmas Cat. That's it, yeah. And then after that, I made the crazy decision to start embark upon reading the classic Christmas tale of the Nutcracker. And we said going forward, we're going to read it in installments. So the plan is to pick up on that where we left off. And read a good chunk this evening. But before that, I'm going to read a short Christmas tale from elsewhere in the world. So we've got a little short warm-up Christmas story, is that what you're telling me? We absolutely do. Oh, excellent. Um, 
what I'll be reading you tonight, Matt, mm-hmm. to start with. Sorry, I got a mouthful of Christmas cake. <laughs> Go on. The Christmas Fairy of Strasbourg. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm excited. What is gonna happen here? You ready to hear what's gonna happen? Well I was about to say where's it from, but that's a stupid question, I guess. I think it's from Strasbourg. Okay. Thanks. This particular version was written by Francis Jenkins Alcott, which from very brief Googling, I think was an American writer who wrote this version in 1914. Okay. So it's like a penned Yeah, fairy but I tale. think but yeah. I think it has like folk tale origins. Okay. It was a pre existing story. Okay. From what I could tell. Ah, oh, well let's let's get stuck in. Okay. You, oh my so goodness. everybody, make yourself comfortable. Mm. Make sure you've got any snacks or drinks you, you require. Get your design. eggnog ready. Exactly. I'm going to take a sip right ready. now. There is more eggnog, right? Uh, there is more eggnog. Yeah, don't worry. Oh, thank goodness. Okay. Okay. Shall we? <gasps> Let's do it. Let's hear about the Christmas Fairy of Strasbourg. The Christmas Fairy of Strasbourg. Once long ago, there lived near the ancient city of Strasbourg. On the River Rhine, a young and handsome count whose name was Otto. Count Otto, okay. As the years flew by, he remained unwed and never so much as cast a glance at the fair maidens of the country round. For this reason, people began to call him Stoneheart. Oh, no. Sorry, because he's not looking at women. Yeah, basically. Okay. And he's he's a... he remains a bachelor to this day. Is he ba- <laughs> to this well, day. not to this day. <laughs> All right. Sorry, I don't know why I'm so confused already. <laughs> it's quite okay. simple. Okay. It chanced that Count Otto, on one Christmas Eve, ordered that a great hunt should take place in the forest surrounding his castle. He and his guests and his many retainers rode forth, and the chase became more and more exciting. Because <laughs> it tells you it's going to be exciting. <laughs> Thank you. I'm not going to say why or how or make you feel excited. No. It got really excited. (laughs) Then some crazy stuff happened. The end. Yeah, no. Um, And it was great. (laughs) (laughs) You should have been there. No, come on. What happened? It's very exciting. So it's exciting. It led through thickets and over pathless tracts of forest until at length Camp Otto found himself separated from his companions. He rode on by himself until he came to a spring of clear bubbling water known to the people around as the Fairy Well. Mm. Here, Count Otto dismounted. He bent over the spring and began to lave his hands in the sparkling tide. But to his wonder, he found that though the weather was cold and frosty, the water was warm and delightfully caressing. Though the weather outside is frightful. <laughs> the water is <laughs> sure delightful. <laughs> Caressing. <laughs> he felt a glow of joy pass through his veins. <laughs> this is so weird the way it's written. There's joy in my veins. <laughs> there was a glow of joy flowing through his veins. Which is really good water. As he plunged his hands deeper, he fancied that his right hand was being grasped by another soft and small which gently slipped from his finger the gold ring he always wore. Ooh, pinched his ring. And lo, when he drew out his hand, the gold ring was gone. Oh, no. Is this the Christmas fairies doing? 
I mean, it's looking like it, isn't it? <laughs> Ultimately. <laughs> All evidence points to. But there's only one way to find out. Keep reading the story. Yeah, I think so. Sorry. Full of wonder at this mysterious event, the Count mounted his horse and returned to his castle, resolving in his mind that the very next day he would have the fairy well emptied by his servants. But the very next day... There's a lot of Christmas songs well, encoded yeah, is. in here. Is this the origin story of all your Christmas songs? He retired to his room, where all I want for Christmas is you. No. <laughs> he retired to his room, and throwing himself just as he was upon his couch, tried to sleep. But the strangeness of the adventure kept him restless and wakeful. On his couch? Yeah, why did he go to his room and just flop down on the couch? Get in bed, mate. Suddenly just... Made the story feel different. Yeah. I thought he'd be reclining in his four-poster bed. Yeah, it's on the couch. It's just on the couch. He flicked on the TV. But Netflix on. Netflix, yeah. For a few hours. <laughs> Doom scrolled for a bit. <laughs> and cried himself to sleep. Um, no, so basically he can't sleep. Suddenly, he heard the hoarse baying of the watch hounds in the courtyard. And then the creaking of the drawbridge as if it were being lowered. Ooh. Then came to his ear the patter of many small feet on the stone staircase. And he's on just like a grubby old sofa. <laughs> with some like food down him. <laughs> the TV on mute. Just thumping on the, the roof like, keep it down! Shut up! And next, he heard indistinctly the sound of light footsteps in the chamber adjoining his own. Count Otto sprang from his couch and as he did so, there sounded a strain of delicious music, and the door of his chamber was flung open. Hurrying into the next room, he found himself in the midst of numberless fairy beings, clad in gay and sparkling robes. They paid no heed to him, but began to dance and laugh (laughs) and sing to the sound of mysterious music. So the door to his room just flung open. Yeah, I don't remember. And he went out through the door. Did he fling it open or...? No, so it flung open, but no one came in. Oh, he so. went out, and yeah. then all the fair, little fairies start dancing. <laughs> yeah. Woo! Do you think they were just stood there yeah. at, in, and yeah. just perfect silence? He walks in, they just start dancing. Like, Hit it. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. <laughs> in the centre of the apartment stood a splendid Christmas tree, the first ever seen in that country. Wow. Instead of toys and candles there. In Strasbourg. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, instead of toys and candles hung on its lighted boughs, diamond stars, pearl necklaces, bracelets of gold ornamented with coloured jewels, aigrettes of rubies and sapphires, silken belts embroidered with an oriental pearls, and daggers <laughs> mounted going. in gold and studded with the rarest gems. Wow. The whole tree swayed, sparkled and glittered in the radiance of its many lights. I don't, I don't doubt it with all that stuff weighing it down. <laughs> Count Otto stood speechless, gazing at all this wonder, when suddenly the fairy stopped dancing and fell back to make room for a lady of dazzling beauty Whoa. who came slowly toward him. That's eerie. She wore on her raven black tresses a golden diadem set with jewels. Her hair flowed down upon a robe of rosy satin and creamy velvet. She stretched out two small white hands to the Count and addressed him in sweet, alluring tones. Dear Count Otto, said she, I come to return your Christmas visit. I am Ernestine, the Queen of the Fairies. 
Ooh. I bring you something you lost in the fairy well. Technically, she nicked, I think. <laughs> yeah, hang on. <laughs> and He's like, well, I wouldn't put it like that. She's yeah. like, I'm going to continue talking. <laughs> Did I lose it? And as she spoke, she drew from her bosom a golden casket set with diamonds and placed it in his hands. A car- well, casket? Yeah, isn't that what you bury people in? <laughs> Just whip that out of her, her, her top. Here you go, it's a coffin. Merry Christmas. Thank you. He's <laughs> just got crumbs down. <laughs> and he just go wanders back to his bed. So I'm trying to get hold of my jewellery insurance. Actually, I'm on hold. So if I could just go back. No, no, you're not listening. A fairy took it. No, no, I'm not drunk. Well, I'm a bit drunk. But you would be too. It's Christmas Eve, okay? And then she pulled out a casket from a top. <laughs> So we're going to hang up now. <laughs> okay, so she's taken a casket out of her top. Yeah. And what's happening? Uh, it's set with diamonds, placed it in his hands. He opened it eagerly and found within oh, no. his lost gold ring. Oh, okay. So it's got it back. It's okay. I thought she was going to say that she'd killed the fairy that stole it. Oh, like, oh, that would have been good. I've taken care of it for you. <laughs> Something like that. I heard you had a little problem. <laughs> <laughs> but no, she's just put his ring in a casket. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carried away by the wonder of it all, and overcome by an irresistible impulse, the Count pressed the fairy Ernestine to his heart, while she, holding him by the hand, drew him into the magic mazes of the dance. Whoa! The mysterious music floated through the room, and the rest of that fairy company circled and whirled around the fairy queen and Count Otto, and then gradually dissolved into a mist of many colours, leaving the Count and his beautiful guest alone. So she's still there. Ernestine's still there. Oh, yeah. She's still there. (laughs) And it's time to put the kids to bed. Anyone with family members listening? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. this next morning, this next section is very descriptive. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so it's just the two of them. Yeah. Then the young man, forgetting all his former coldness toward the maidens of the country roundabout fell on his knees before the fairy and besought oh. her to become his bride. Because he's been a bachelor and he hasn't looked at anyone else. Exactly. Ever. But suddenly he's found the one. And he's fallen on his knees. Yeah. And proposed. Yep. Just there and then. At last, she consented on the condition that he should never speak the word death in her presence. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like, oh, I love you so much. Will you marry me? Yes, on one condition. <laughs> anything, what? Anything Just you want? Anything, name it. What is it? I'll, I'll stop. Uh, you know, I'll tidy up the, the flat a bit more. Uh, no, no, it's I not that. Oh no, okay. Right. That. What can I do? I promise you must I'll always love never you. Never speak the word death in my presence. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> didn't expect that. Uh, I'll give it. A, I'll give it a go. Yeah, but uh, might be tricky at times. <laughs> That's a very strange request. It is weird, isn't it? Is it? Mm, okay, I won't speculate, but I hope we find out why. Well, don't hold your breath. The next day, <laughs> the wedding of Count Otto and Ernestine, Queen of the Fairies, Blimey. was celebrated with great pomp and magnificence, and the two continued to live happily for many years. Don't say the end. Now it happened oh, on a time. <laughs> you look so worried then. That the Count and his fairy wife were to hunt in the forest around the castle. The horses were saddled and bridled, and standing at the door, the company waited, 
and the Count paced the hall in great impatience. But still, the fairy Ernestine tarried long in her chamber. Mm. At length, she appeared at the door of the hall, and the Count addressed her in anger. You have kept us waiting so long, he cried, that you would make a good messenger to send for death. Oh! He said the thing. Yeah, he did. I don't get it. What does that mean? That you'd make a good messenger to send for death? Uh, Because she takes so long. Oh, because to send for death, you want that to take a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. That makes sense. Got it. But ah, the implications I'm well aware of. Don't, don't say that in front of me. I thought she was going to be upset because the hunt is like killing animals. So it's like death or something. Oh, I see. Yeah, no. No, he just accidentally said it. Yeah, they were going to have a lovely time. She was just getting... (laughs) She's taking a while to get ready or something. Get all glammed up. Yeah, he was getting impatient. Exciting hunt. And he said the D word. Sure. Um, which he absolutely shouldn't have done. That was a big mistake. No, never drop the D. No. Okay, so Th- what was... That's the one rule. Well, scarcely had he spoken the forbidden and fatal word when the fairy, uttering a wild cry, vanished from his sight. <gasps> In vain, Count Otto, overwhelmed with grief and remorse, searched the castle and the fairy well. No trace could he find of his beautiful lost wife but the imprint of her delicate hand set in the stone arch above the castle gate. What? I don't understand how <laughs> okay. she's imprinted her hand in the stone. She's just a little hand <laughs> in the cement works. Okay. Years passed by, and the fairy Ernestine did not return. The Count continued to grieve. Every Christmas Eve, he set up a lighted tree in the room where he had first met the fairy, hoping in vain that she would return to him. Time passed, and the Count died. The castle fell into ruins. What? But to this day, may be seen above the massive gate, deeply sunken in the stone arch, the impress of a small and delicate hand. And such, say the good folk of Strasbourg, was the origin of the Christmas tree. The end. Okay, what an ending. Yeah. That was amazing. About five sentences, everyone died. <laughs> Time went on, everything went to ruin. And that's why we have Christmas trees, yeah. according to the folk of Strasbourg. Exactly. <sighs> Happened pretty quick, didn't it? Yeah. Okay. You look puzzled, Matt. No, I, I'm just, as I said, tired. We'll have some more. <laughs> okay, so... There's a count. He goes out. He's got his old ring that he likes. Puts he washes his hands on an exciting yeah. hunt in the water. Yep. Fairy steals it essentially. Yep. That night, the door is flung open in his room. He's like, that's weird. Goes to another room. Countless fairies dancing to a weird big old music. fairy party, yeah. Fairy party happening. Yeah. Ernestine they all go silent. Ernestine appears. Yeah. She gives him a little box with his ring in it, gives him a big hug. Yeah. Well, he gives her a big hug. Then they all dance. Mist, colourful mist appears. Yeah. It's just Fairies the two of them. fade away. Yeah. It's just the two of them. Uh, he gets down on one knee. She's like, absolutely, I thought you'd never ask. Yeah. Um, but 
One condition, don't ever mention death. Yeah. Okay, so that is weird. That's really weird. Hmm. And it is never explained. Oh, I forgot to say, there's a Christmas tree there. Oh, yeah, yeah, the first in the country. Yeah, yeah the first in the country during this fairy party. Anyway, he's like, of course, I'll never mention death. I'll never say the word. Big hunt happening again. Yep. She's yeah, yeah. taking too long to get ready. Yeah. <laughs> he's getting really annoyed. Yeah. She comes down eventually, finally. And he's like, yeah. oh, you should be death's messenger. You take so long. Yeah. And then she just disappeared. Yeah. That's it. No, not a word. Just disappeared. Yeah, vanishes. Anyway, then the count dies, and yeah. um, <laughs> the castle goes to ruin. Yeah. But the only thing that's there is her handprint above the gate. Yeah. Now I can't help but feel like this might be a kind of legend connected to some particular building in Strasbourg. Well, yeah, I wanted that, but I couldn't find anything. Maybe you, you're probably going to Google it in about twenty seconds. But so you you did vaguely look into this. I did. End. I did briefly look. Okay. Yeah, that's what I mean. Maybe it's just you said it's an American author. Maybe he just mm. came up with a tradition in Strasbourg that doesn't exist. Yeah, he yeah. just completely made that up. Yeah, that's very strange. Which is a weird thing to do. So yeah, maybe the the author was from there or had some connection, but could be. yeah, very rudimentary. Google doesn't show anything up for that. So I like a legend for a place that doesn't yeah. exist and uh, that makes no sense whatsoever. I enjoyed it and a potential origin story of the christmas tree perhaps not a convincing one <laughs> well a few years ago we had the origin of uh tinsel according to a ukrainian tradition we did indeed the christmas spider yeah 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 i got you your little is your spider here it's not sadly oh. i think it still hasn't been unpacked it's somewhere in a box i was trying to find it earlier Adam, i know shocking you know i'm attempting to colonize your christmas tree <laughs> i've got your two decorations we've got, now. We've got the Grim reading Christmas bubble, but not the uh, Christmas spider, I'm afraid. So the story there was that a poor family, they didn't, couldn't afford any decorations, and the spider weaved a web around the tree, yeah. and then the moonlight shone on it, and it was all gold and yeah. silver. And that's the origin of tinsel. Christmas trees? What is the origin of Christmas tree? This is something to explore. It's definitely a German oh, tradition. Goodness. Yeah. And it was brought, it was introduced here, I believe. Or the story goes, it was introduced here through... Through the royal family? Yeah, through Albert, Victoria and Albert. Mm. He brought Christmas trees over yeah. here. Uh, but but that, I don't yeah, know where I, it started in Germany. I guess it's connected to a Yule log, where you burn a, a log on, on Christmas Day. When did uh, Hans Christian Andersen pen the fir tree? Like Yeah, it was in the mid-1800s. Yeah. So it was a tradition in Scandinavia, or at least Denmark. At, yeah, yeah. At least as early as that. Yeah. It's an interesting one. It's true, and they hung it upside down, didn't they? From yeah, the ceiling. Right. Yeah. Okay, there's a whole world of Christmas trees to explore <laughs> out there. But right now, the Christmas fairy. <laughs> I loved it. Um, great, yeah. It's quite a stripped down story. It was, but a lot of weird, mysterious, unanswered questions. Mm. Who was Ernestine? Who were the fairies? Why didn't she want to hear the word death? Why was the hunt so exciting? Lots of questions I've got. And I fear they're never going to get answered. Oh no. Well, I don't mind because I enjoyed it. It felt very Christmassy. I'm glad. Even though it had like quite a sad ending. <laughs> Everybody died and everything's <laughs> yeah. gone to ruin. It reminded me of... Um, in, a, in a Grim Fables, in our Patreon podcast, after we'd done Puss in Boots episode on the main Puss in Boots episode, mm. in Grim Fables, I told a story of like an alpine folktale version of Puss in Boots. And then at the end it said, 
And then he died and was buried in the church, which is why people go to the church, although no one's ever seen the grave and it was never clear where exactly he was buried. So it became a kind of legend that didn't make sense. Right, it, it had yeah. a similar ending, like Puss in Boots died, was buried here, and that's why to this day this church is known, even though the grave isn't there and no one remembers right, seeing it. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and this is like that with the yeah. Im- imprint of a hand somewhere that probably doesn't exist. <laughs> so I guess you can use these stories to yeah they, there's just that little thread to the present right yeah. you've got a little just a small item or something and then you can just extrapolate and go oh in some old time this big yeah. marvelous adventure happened and then the only little uh, record fossil is it's just, just this a one. small insignificant looking thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <sighs> enjoyed wow. that story i thoroughly enjoyed that story i'm glad I'm glad uh, Otto and Ernestine got a brief bit of nice time together. Yeah. Even though it sounds like the relationship quickly soured to the point where they're angry with each other. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sounds like it went downhill quickly. Yeah. But it was like there a were moments passionate of... flame that burnt brightly but shortly. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, where are you? She's like, I'm coming. <laughs> God, you always do this. It's like, oh. Oh. I want to go hunting. Love is in the air. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just love him so much. <laughs> oh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Adam, that was a wonderful start to the evening. But let's be honest, that was just the warm-up. The amuse-bouche. It was just a little teaser for the main event. Which is? The Nutcracker and the Mouse King. Well done. Is it, who's it? It's by E.T.A. Hoffman? That's correct, yep. Which, uh, do we know anything more about him? We don't, do we? No idea. No, I might have done last year, but even if I did then, I don't know. Just a quick uh, look online. He was a German romantic author of fantasy and gothic horror, a jurist, composer, music critic, and artist. Oh, wow. Very nice. So, yeah, you know, we've all heard of The Nutcracker. I've certainly heard of it. I know it's a famous ballet, but we don't know the story. Until now. (laughs) So, yeah, last year, Adam, you read the opening few chapters. I did. And we're going to continue this tradition now and hopefully get a good way through it because we don't want to be doing it for 10 years. No. I actually realised the error in that plan. (laughs) And actually, it's probably best if we don't. So, I guess we'll go for like 30 minutes. That sounds like a good plan. Ish. So, we can get properly stuck into the story. I mean, we've got the eggnog here. Yeah. We're ready. We're all set up. We've got the we're eggnog. We've got our snacks. That's it. If we want to dip into, like, say, a little tipple of port and the mince Ooh. pies, those are there as well. Oh, auxiliary backup port. Love it. Yep. I'm going to take yep. my shoes off. I'm going to get oh. cozy. Wow. The fire's getting super cozy. Fire's roaring. Yeah. We've got the uh, nutcracker figurines behind us. The Christmas tree's all lit up. Yep. I'm so ready for this. Uh, but before. You start, Adam. I thought it best to have a quick recap of what we've heard so far. I think that's going to be essential because literally no one's going to remember.
Previously on The Nutcracker and the Mouse King, Chapter 1, Christmas Eve. There's a family. Uh, parents are Mr. and Mrs. Stahlbaum. Yep. They've got two kids, Fritz and Marie. Yep. Uh, one Christmas Eve, their godfather, Councillor Drosselmeyer, stops by. He's a clockmaker, and he wears a wig made of glass. <laughs> and he always goes the extra mile with presents mm. for Fritz and Marie. It's quite extra. So the kids are hyped to see what he's made them. Uh, anyway, parents burst in their room, and they say, Come on, kids. Let's see your presents. Let's go start Christmas. Chapter 2. The Gift. They walk into the main room, Fritz and Marie. Christmas tree's up. Incredible spread of food out. Tons of presents. They are so thrilled. Then the main event. Drosselmeyer's gift. They gather round. Everyone get, gets, gets round uh, the gift. Yep. And Drosselmeyer reveals a kind of big mechanical scene. Mm. It's a, got a castle and there are people and animals in it that move around. And there's even a little Drosselmeyer himself in there. Yeah. Fritz says, Godfather, can you make them like do this and that and this? And Drosselmeyer says, no, no, they can only do very specific movements, Fritz. Fritz is like, this is rubbish. I hate it. My other toys are way better. And runs away. Marie also loses interest and quietly saunters off. Yeah. Drosselmeyer turns to the parents and he's like, oh, you know, this gift isn't meant for silly kids. But he's, he's upset. Yeah. Anyway, the mum's like, oh, you know, how, how did you make it? He starts to deconstruct it and he's putting it away. Yeah. And she asks him this. And while, he, while he's doing that, he explains how he made it and it cheers him up a little bit. And that is as far as we got. It is indeed. So just to add to that, right at that moment, yeah. he's happy. They've come back in and he's given them some sort of little men and women with gilded faces that smelt like sweet gingerbread. Huh. Okay? okay. And they're really happy with that. Fritz and Maria are happy with that. Yeah, they're very happy with that. Got it. So this is the moment at which we join them. So this chapter is called The Favourite. Just at that moment, Marie spotted something which nobody else had yet noticed. At the back of the table was a curious little man, standing quietly as if patiently awaiting his turn. He could not be called a handsome man, for not only was his rather stout body all out of proportion to his spindly legs, but his head was altogether too large for either. But it was clear that he was a man of taste and education for he wore a hussar's jacket of beautiful bright violet with matching pantaloons and the neatest boots you ever did see. He also had on a somewhat clumsy wooden cloak and woodman's cap. These last two made him look a little ridiculous, if the truth be told, but Marie remembered that Godfather Drosselmeyer's cap and cloak were equally shabby, and he was still a dear godfather. In fact, the longer she looked the more kindness and benevolence she saw in the little man's clear green eyes. Papa, exclaimed Marie at last, to whom belongs that charming little man by the tree there? Oh, it's not a real person? No. Got it. Okay. But you don't know who this might be? No. Okay. Should I? So she's saying, who who does this belong to? To both you and Fritz, said her father, and he shall work hard for you. For he can crack the hardest nuts with his teeth. It's the nutcracker. It's the nutcracker. It's the nut. nutcracker. <laughs> Guys, this is not a drill. This is the nutcracker. The titular character has it's... arrived. <laughs> oh my. Uh, okay. You're excited to meet the oh nutcracker. My. Okay, so he's a little weird looking guy. Yeah. Spindly little guy. Yep. 
but he's got a lovely jacket. No, he's got a lovely Hussars coat, but a shabby jacket over. I think so. And a shabby little hat. Yeah, shabby woodman's uh, cap, and his head's way too big for his body. Got it. Yeah. Okay, so that's... And he, and he cracks nuts with his teeth. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Don't forget that. Very carefully, her father took Nutcracker and... <laughs> <laughs> You took Nutcracker. <laughs> yeah, says, I don't know why it doesn't say the. He just took Nutcracker. It just nutcracker. says took Nutcracker. <laughs> Mr. Nutcracker. That's his name. Oh, my name's Nutcracker. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you, Nutcracker. I am Nutcracker. <laughs> okay, so Daddy took Nutcracker. Yeah, it's like Batman or something. Yeah. It's like, it's not like, it's just Batman. It's Nutcracker. <laughs> You send out the nut signal. <laughs> send up the nut signal. <laughs> Gets jumping. Yeah, jumping the nut mobile. Okay. Is it a bird? Is it a plane? <laughs> no, it's Nutcracker. It's Nutcracker. <laughs> um, okay. He took Nutcracker and lifted his wooden cloak, whereupon the little man opened his mouth wide to reveal two rows of sharp white teeth. At her father's bidding, Marie popped a nut into the little man's mouth and crack the shell fell away and she caught the sweet kernel in her hand. Oh, smooth. <laughs> this little fellow, Dr. Stahlbaum explained, comes from a long line of nutcrackers and practices the profession of his forefathers. Since Sorry, he's Dr. Stahlbaum, isn't he? He's not Mr. Stahlbaum. That's right, you forgot he's a Sorry. doctor. Yeah. That's Dr. Stahlbaum. That's, that's Dr. Stahlbaum, boy. <laughs> Have you met Nutcracker? <laughs> hey, Nutcracker. <laughs> Okay. So he comes from a long line of nutcrackers. Practicing so, uh, family trade, basically, of, of cracker nuts. The, the the toy? Yeah. Okay. I think he's just... Um, playing along. Yeah, playing with... The, you know, that's what you do with a, a child, is, like, talk about their toys maybe as if they were real and had backstories in mm-hmm. real lives, mm-hmm. and that's part of the imagination that's of playing. That's true. That's right. true, yeah. I think that's what he's doing. Okay. Since friend Nutcracker is such a favourite with you, Marie, I place him under your care. Though, Fritz shall have just as much right to his services. Mm. Taking Nutcracker in her arms, Marie immediately set him to work cracking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> that's the right work. <laughs> I mean, that's what, that's what yeah. you're going to do with him. So he cracks nuts when you take his jacket off? Well, basically, you know how Nutcrackers work. There's like a lever at the back. Okay, And yeah. he sort of opens the mouth. Mm. Um, I could probably even demonstrate on the green Nutcracker over there. But, um, okay. So this guy... Cracks nuts. Well, I wouldn't try it just in case, but you can open... Oh. If you pull at the back... It's got like a hairy chest. It does have a hairy chest. There's a lever at the back. Oh, yeah. Do you see? So that's like seen as the tails of his jacket, I suppose. You you lift okay. them up. So you lift the... And it opens his the, mouth. The wooden bit at the back. Yeah. And it cracks the nuts through his chest. Yeah. But it's it, this, his mouth. In a, like story. a more traditional one, I think it would be like a big grinning mouth. And it would be in his oh, mouth. Yeah. I love this nutcracker. Yeah. Okay, got it. Thank you. Okay, so Marie's set him to work. Yep, cracking nuts. She picked only the second names. <laughs> she, she picked only the smallest, however, so that he wouldn't have to open his mouth too wide, which wasn't overly becoming. <laughs> In the meantime, Fritz had tired of his hussars and come over to investigate. He laughed heartily at the funny little man and began to choose the biggest and hardest nuts for him to crack. Then, all at once... Crack! Out fell three of Nutcracker's teeth 
No. And his jaw became loose and rickety. Oh, no. My poor nutcracker, cried Marie, and snatched him from Fritz's hands. Stupid fellow, said Fritz. He wants to crack nuts with poor teeth. He doesn't understand his trade. Right, Fritz is really getting on my is he? nerves. Yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, he's really... Entitled and spoiled. Just an unpleasant child. That <laughs> is an unpleasant child. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's not beat around the bush. Yeah. That's an unpleasant child. <laughs> yeah. Whereas Marie, you feel... Yeah, because she wasn't rude to... No, she wasn't. Godfather Drosselmeyer. That's right. I mean, she was, but, you know, she just lost Less interest. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fritz was really rude about his uh, toy that he'd made them. He was. And I think it seems like she cares about Nutcracker, right? Yeah, and Fritz has now just broken Nutcracker. Yeah. Oh, okay. Honestly. So uh, he says, well, get, give me Marie. He shall crack nuts for me, even if he loses all his teeth. I mean, this isn't <laughs> going to help you like him. No, no, wet Marie. You shall not have my dear Nutcracker. See how sorrowful he looks. Crying bitterly, she wrapped the injured Nutcracker as quickly as she could in her pocket handkerchief. Just then, their parents arrived with Godfather Drosselmeyer, who, to Marie's dismay, sided with Fritz. What? Glasshead? Honestly. Yeah, Glasshead. Oh, Glasshead. But Dr. Stahlbaum said, I have placed Nutcracker under Marie's protection, and as I see that he is now greatly in need of it, I give her full authority over him. I'm surprised at Fritz. A good soldier ought to know that those wounded in service are not expected to fight. Okay, so this is Dad now. Yeah, trying to instill some noble values in Fritz. Mm. Not impressed with his son. Weirdly, though, Drosselmeyer thinks it's great what he's doing. Yeah, he's like, tell her to shut up. (laughs) Crack some more nuts. Go on. Fritz was rather ashamed of himself. Okay. And without a further thought of nuts or nutcrackers, stole back to his hazards. Marie collected Nutcracker's lost teeth and tied up his wounded chin with a nice white ribbon. He looked so pale and frightened that she wrapped him all the tighter in the handkerchief. Contrary to her usual disposition, Marie became quite cross with Godfather Drosselmeyer at dinner when he laughingly asked why she cared for such an ugly little fellow. Oh, see, because he's upset that they didn't like his toy. Yeah. <sighs> so he's like got a complex it in. web yeah. of emotions. So he's he's laughing he's laughing and saying, Why do you care for such an ugly little fellow? Remembering that odd similarity between Nutcracker and Drosselmeyer, she said very seriously. I'm not sure you would be as handsome as Nutcracker, Godfather, if you were dressed as finely as he and wearing such bright little boots. Marie could not understand why her parents laughed so loudly at this or why the counsellor's face turned red and he did not laugh so heartily as he had before. Oh, maybe it is modelled on him. It in could his be. his younger days, yeah. It's also, yeah. It was, it was like a... Just you need a bit of money model for a nutcracker. <laughs> nutcracker company. Yeah. <laughs> nutcracker models wanted. Yeah. Do you have a weirdly big head and a like big slack jaw? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Next chapter, Matt. Wonders upon wonders. In the sitting room of Dr. Stahlbaum's house, there stood a high glass case in which the children kept all the beautiful things given to them every year. On the upper shelf, too high for Marie and Fritz to reach. All Godfather Drosselmeyer's curious machines were kept. Immediately below this was a shelf for the picture books. The two lower shelves Marie and Fritz filled up as they pleased, 
but it always happened that Marie housed her dolls on the lower shelf, while Fritz stationed his troops on the one above. And so that evening, while Fritz set his hussars in order above, Marie installed the new doll in her best furnished chamber below and invited herself to tea with her. So she had a new doll. That was earlier in the story. Okay, that was like from her parents. Sure. Okay. So she invited herself to tea with her. It really was a well-furnished room with lovely chintz sofa and several dainty chairs, a finely arranged tea table and a little bed with crisp white sheets. The new doll, Miss Clara, was quite comfortable that evening. It was now quite late and Godfather Drosselmeyer had long since gone home. Yet still the children could not leave the glass case, although their mother repeatedly told them that it was high time they went to bed. It is true, cried Fritz at last. My poor hussars would like to get some rest but won't dare nod off as long as I am here. And off he went to bed, but Marie pleaded, Just a little longer, Mama. I have one or two things to attend to, and once they are done, I will go straight to bed. Marie was a very sensible child, so her mother would leave her alone without anxiety. But in case she was so distracted with her new doll that she forgot to put out the lights, Mrs. Starbaum extinguished all the candles save for one, which cast a soft, pleasant glow. Okay, so it's just Marie all with on her a own. doll at a tea party yeah. and a single candle burning. Exactly. And Fritz has gone off to bed yeah. to let his aunt get some rest. Yeah. Okay, I'm fine. Come up soon, my dear, or you will not be up in time tomorrow morning, called her mother as she went up for bed. So now she's all alone. Everyone's gone to bed. As soon as she found herself alone, Marie took out the wounded nutcracker from her pocket and, laying him carefully upon the table, unrolled the handkerchief gently and examined his wound. Nutcracker, do not be angry at Fritz for hurting you, sir. He did not mean to be so rough. It is the wild soldier's life that has made him a little hard-hearted. But otherwise, he was a good fellow, I can assure you. So grown up. I know. Wild soldier. It's the wild soldier's life he's lived. He's just a little kid. Now, I will tend you very carefully until you are well again. Though, Godfather Drosselmeyer will have to fix your teeth. He understands such things. But Marie was hardly able to finish the sentence, for as she mentioned the name of Drosselmeyer, Nutcracker made a terribly wry face, and sparks flashed from his green eyes. What? Marie was quite alarmed, until she saw it was only the sad, smiling face of the honest Nutcracker before her, and she knew that it must have been the glare of the lamp which distorted Nutcracker's features so strangely. Oh, that's freaky. What a foolish girl I am, she said, to be so easily frightened and to think that a wooden doll could make faces at me. With this, Marie took her friend the Nutcracker in her arms, carried him to the glass case, and said to her new doll, Miss Clara, would you be so good as to give up your bed to the wounded Nutcracker, and do as well as you can with the sofa? Miss Clara looked very grand and haughty, and said nothing at all. What other arrangements can we make? wondered Marie, and she laid little Nutcracker gently on the bed, draped a ribbon from her dress around his poor shoulders and tucked him in. He shan't stay with the naughty Clara, she said, and placed the bed with Nutcracker in it on the shelf above with Fritz's hussars. Why? Because it's not right. It's not right. It'll be improper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's got a real sense of propriety. Oh, she really does. She does. She's very grown up. She she really is. She's got a good good head on her shoulders. (laughs) She locked the case and was about to go up to bed. Huh. when quite suddenly she heard a strange whispering and rustling all around her. 
the great clock whirred louder, and when Marie turned towards it, she saw that the large gilt owl perched on top had dropped down its wings so that they covered the whole clock face, and the clock whirred louder, until it seemed to be saying, Hickory dickory dock, <gasps> whirr softly clock, Mouse King has a fine ear, pom pom, the old song let him hear, purr purr, pom pom, dong ding, little bell ring, sound and send him packing. I tried so hard to figure out what the rhythm of that should be. There is no, I don't know how, yeah. how to, <laughs> I like that it's like, it sounded something like, and there's very specific, <laughs> weird words. Yeah. Almost a bit like that. It sounded a bit like it said, purr purr, pom pom, dong ding, little bell ring, sound and send him packing. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, and when did the voices start in your head? So, sorry, Hickory Dickory Dock? Is that, is, th- is this that? Well, what? it's not, and I don't understand, because okay. you're expecting the words to follow that to be... The mouse ran up the clock. Yeah, but it's not. I don't... No, but it, uh... All right, okay, we need to explore that, because I don't actually know where Hickory Dickory Dock, the mouse ran up the clock, comes from. It's probably worth... Researching, I have not done well, so. No, don't worry. Could you just repeat that though? So, so the ba- so she's left. She's locked them in the glass case. It's like yeah. a kind of glass toy house, yeah. right? She's leaving the room. It's yeah. dark, but then the owl above the clock starts flapping its wings. Well, puts its wings down. I mean, there's an. Ill- I mean, that's quite a Ooh. sort of um, stylized. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm not sure that actually fully depicts the scene, but mm. it's got wings that cover, that the, cover clock. the clock. And it's, but it's going a bit nuts. And it's, it's like, whirring. Yeah. And then it says. And then it says. Something like. Something along the lines of. Hickory dickory duck. Whirr softly clock. Whirr. 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 You know, like whir. to whirr. Okay. Whirr softly clock. Okay. Whirr softly clock. Mouse King has a fine ear. <laughs> pum, pum. The old song let him hear. The old who? The old song. The old song. The old song let him hear. Purr, purr, pum, pum, dong, ding, dong, ding, little bell ring, sound and send him packing. I'm going to set this as my alarm. Just going to take this audio clip. Purr, purr, ding, dong. No, but that's the thing. You want to say ding, dong. It's dong, ding. Oh, sorry, dong, ding. every... It's so wrong. You're being, yeah. Dong, ding. Dong, ding. Who's dong, ding at the door? Well, hello, dong, ding. Dong, ding. Okay, so that's obviously going to freak Marie out. Yeah, she's pretty freaked out, I think. Trembling with fear, Mm. Marie was on the point of fleeing when she saw that the owl on the clock was none other than Godfather Drosselmeyer. What? (laughs) (laughs) What is in this eggnog? Okay. (laughs) The owl was... Godfather, it's like Scooby Doo when they reveal the mask. If it wasn't for you, it was me all along. Yeah, yeah. Kids, meddling kids. Godfather Drosselmeyer would have got away with it. So it's Godfather Drosselmeyer who had let the flaps of his coat hang down like wings. Plucking up her courage, she cried, "What are you doing up there, Godfather Drosselmeyer? Come down and do not frighten me so, you naughty Godfather Drosselmeyer." (laughs) I love Murray. Just then, a wild squeaking and scuttling broke out all around her. This is freaky. And Marie could hear a strange pattering noise as though a thousand little feet were in motion. Then, quite suddenly, a thousand tiny lights appeared through the cracks in the floorboards. Whoa. But as Marie looked closer, she saw that they were not lights. They were eyes. 
crawling out of every nook and cranny were hundreds and hundreds of mice. Now Marie was not afraid of mice as most children are, and she was just thinking that they were even a little amusing, when all at once there arose a squeaking so terrible that it sent shivers down her spine. Close before her feet, there burst out of the floorboards seven mouse heads, and each head was adorned with a glittering crown. Then arose the one mouse body to which the seven heads belonged. Oh, no. And the great mouse king advanced to meet his army Uh. with an almighty squeak. At once, the rank and file began to march forward, straight towards the glass case, and poor Marie, who stood before it. (gasps) Is that the end of the chapter? No. Oh, okay. All right. This is massive. So there's a giant mouse with seven heads who's the mouse king. Yep. So we've met the Nutcracker and the Mouse King. Yep. And the Mouse King is advancing with his mouse army onto the glass house where she's like Nutcracker right in front is. Of it. Yeah. Oh, and she's nut- between them. So she's locked the glass case. Nutcracker, yeah. I think, is inside the glass case. She's yeah. just sort of stood in front of it. She was yeah. about to leave. Okay. Mouse army yeah. advancing towards Well, her. I reckon the hussars are going to spring into action here. Do you think? I think she's going to need some help. I think she will. And meanwhile, Godfather Drosselmeyer is sitting on top of a clock. Apparently so. <laughs> okay. He's sort of everywhere. Everything looks like Drosselmeyer. I know. It's quite... It's a bit weird, a bit that freaky guy. <laughs> not sure Has anyone, going. like, looked into him? Or? <laughs> her heart had been pounding so forcefully before that she feared it might leap out of her chest. But now her blood seemed to run still in her veins. Half in a swoon, she tottered backwards when clatter... Her elbow struck a glass pane and it fell in pieces at her feet. She felt at that moment a sharp pain in her left arm, but then her heart lifted as she heard a little voice from inside the glass case. Up, up, awake. Arms take, awake. To the fight this night. Up, up, to the fight. (laughs) Yes. I love it when it makes you sing weird stuff. (laughs) That's got to be the hussars. And now... Hmm. Nutcracker had no. leapt out of bed and was shouting, Crack, crack, stupid pack, drive mouse back. Stupid pack, crack, crack. <laughs> mouse back, crick, crack, stupid pack. Is this like, is this, is this normal for our podcast? I, we haven't recorded for a while. I'm just I'm sitting just here watching right. you shouting this weird stuff. Like, is this what we do? Remember, maybe it was always do? this way. <laughs> I don't know. Also, Adam was pointing his finger with every sort of beat. You couldn't see it. Oh, uh, Matt. What's going on? I don't know. All right. So he's he's ready he's ready to take on the, the mice. The mouse army, yeah. This is intense. It's really nicely written, actually. It is, actually, isn't it? Yeah. I mean... It's atmospheric. They could have made some of these bits scan a bit better it's quite difficult to read Um, but anyway he's just shouted some stuff Mm. with these words he drew his little sword brandished it and exclaimed my loving vassals friends and brothers will you stand by me in the hard fight three scaramouches a harlequin four chimney sweeps two guitar players and a drummer stop <laughs> You're definitely making this up. <laughs> and a partridge and a blooming pear tree. 
Oh. Oh. So, okay, right. So, he said, who's with me? Yeah, it's sort of a call to action. Who's yeah. with me? And then two guitar players. So, three Scaramouches, a Harlequin. Wait, 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 wait. Scaramouche. Can you do the Fandango? Well, yeah, this what, is the only what's, time I've ever heard that. Yeah, what is a Scaramouche? I should probably have looked that up. No, don't I? worry. I'll look it up. Uh, ah, okay. Scaramouche is a stock clown character of the 16th century Commedia dell'arte. Oh. Comic theatrical arts of Italian literature. So it's, uh, you can kind of picture that, right? We've talked about the Commedia dell'arte, I think, in one of our episodes. We definitely have. In the Three Sons of Fortune, I think. So we're talking about pantomime. Okay. Um, What's a Harlequin? It's a kind of, yeah, jestery character okay. from oh, Commedia dell'arte. Oh, hence the, yeah, 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 okay. So that, that's a Scaramouche. Oh, so just a guy with a little loot thing yeah. and painted face and some sort of pantaloon get up nice. and a cape and a ruff. Well, three of them. <laughs> three of them. I'll have three Scaramouches, please. <laughs> One Harlequin. One Harlequin. Four chimney sweeps. <laughs> Two guitar players. <laughs> Two jumping musicians. Yeah. Out of work. They'll take any work. And lastly... A drummer. <laughs> okay. All right. And they immediately cried out, Yes, my lord, we will follow you with fidelity and courage to victory or to death. No, good on them. Yeah. Are they toys or? I think so. Okay. I'm not aware of toy chimney sweeps. So, so I was just thinking, <laughs> all new chimney sweep. <laughs> 2.0. Brand new brush action. <laughs> okay. So they've said, yeah, we're up for it. And they rushed after the fiery nutcracker to venture the dangerous leap down from the upper shelf. It was easy enough for them to perform this feat, for their insides were made of cotton and straw, so that they landed on the floor like soft packs of wool. But Nutcracker would certainly have broken his arms or his legs, for it was almost two feet from the shelf to the floor, and his body was as brittle as lindenwood. Yes, Nutcracker would certainly have broken his arms or his legs if, at the moment when he leapt, Miss Clara had not oh. sprung from the sofa and caught him in her soft arms. Miss Clara's the doll, doll toy that she'd had a lovely evening tea with. That's right, yeah. Got it. Okay, she's caught Nutcracker. Yeah. Do you think something's brewing here? <laughs> <laughs> the love interest. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Okay, yeah. yeah. Oh. Got to have a little bit of that side of the story, don't you? Um... Oh, good Clara, sobbed Maria. How I have wronged you. You were no doubt very happy to give up your bed to little Nutcracker. Now Miss Clara spoke, pressing the young hero to her silken bosom. I beg you, my lord, do not, sick or wounded as you are, share the dangers of the fight. See how your brave vassals assemble themselves, eager for the affray and certain of conquest. Will you not rest upon this sofa, or from my arms look down upon your victory? But Nutcracker was struggling so violently that Clara was obliged to set him down. It's like, all right, all right, fine. Go. <laughs> he then, however, dropped gracefully upon one knee and said, Fair lady, the recollection of your kindness will go with me into battle. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what I expected, but this is not it. <laughs> this is not it. Down on one knee, my fair lady. Your words shall... Give me extra valour and courage on the battlefield. <laughs> oh, it's quite um, it's powerful stuff, isn't it? Clara then took him by the arm, removed her sash, and was about to drape it across Nutcracker's shoulders, 
when he stepped two paces backward, laid... <laughs> it's like he's trying to get away from her. <laughs> Fell off the shelf. Yeah. I love you. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he laid his hand upon his breast and said very earnestly, Do not lavish your favours upon me, fair lady. For he stopped, sighed heavily, tore Maria's ribbon from his shoulders, pressed it... Wait, what? I just realised something. Okay, interestingly. At this point, she's now called Maria. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was thinking that, okay. <laughs> right? Was she always called Maria? She was Marie. Marie. Okay, thank goodness. That's interesting, isn't it? I was worried because my whole recap was calling her Marie. Yeah, she's, no, she's... Maria now. Okay. They're, they're closer now. <laughs> so Maria's given him a, a, a sash as well. Yeah. He pressed it to his lips and let it hang down like a field bandage. We don't have, sorry, we don't have time for this. I'm really stressed. No. There's a mouse army marching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hard at them. Yeah. And all this is going. Let's sighing? hope it's a really long haul. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you're right. Time is running out. I don't have time for this. <laughs> Can we do this later, guys? <laughs> then, with a flourish of his sword, he leapt nimbly from the lower shelf to the floor. For Nutcracker, even before he had come to life, had felt Marie's kindness and love so that he preferred to wear her simple ribbon than Miss Clara's sparkling sash. Because he likes a simple life. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Simple guy. Simple nutcracker. Humble simple guy. guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He just, just, he just lives to crack nuts. <laughs> and lead armies. <laughs> and, yeah, and I'm all out of nuts. <laughs> yeah. um, as soon as Nutcracker had leapt out, the squeaking was heard again. Under the large table... The hateful mice were concealed in their thousands. Wow. And high above them all towered the dreadful mouse with seven heads. What will happen next? <laughs> is what it literally says. <laughs> okay, well, tell me. That's the end of the chapter. Oh. I think we've got to have one more, right? That's Oh, yeah, we can definitely do another one. Okay. This is massive. I didn't expect big battle scenes to be taking place. No, right? And they're pretty epic. <sighs> Let's uh, let's have some port. To, I think we need port. I feel like I've been in battle, and hasn't even started yet the battle. Okay, so we've come a, we've come a long way already. I mean, we maybe have. we'll just do a recap at the end. Mm. We'll recap it at the end if I remember. Thank you very much, sir. You're welcome. Little drop Cheers. of port. Cheers. This should see us through. Do you need a mince pie? Are you oh. right? Do you need some fuel? I think a mince pie is a in good idea, tank. actually. Please. Yeah. So the next chapter is called the battle. Oh, <laughs> Beat the battle march, true vassal drummer, cried Nutcracker, and immediately the drummer began to drum furiously so that the windows of the glass case trembled. And then Marie saw, she's back to Marie, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> saw that Fritz's soldiers were leaping from their boxes and hurrying into formation on the bottom shelf. Then Nutcracker turned to Harlequin and said earnestly, General, I know your courage general. and your... Thanks <laughs> for the promotion, mate. He's like, what? what? No, I'm, no, I'm general. I'm the, I was just going to hang out at the back. <laughs> and hope that it was all over. I was just coming along for the ride. Oh, okay. Sure, I'll to be general. <laughs> general, I know your courage and your experience. There is need now for a quick eye and skill to seize the proper moment. I entrust to your command all the cavalry and artillery. Thereupon Harlequin put his long, thin fingers to his mouth and crowed so piercingly that he sounded like a hundred shrill trumpets. Okay. Then much whinnying and stamping was heard from the glass case, and out marched Fritz's cuirassiers, <laughs> dragoons, 
And his splendid new hussars. Great. I'm glad they're getting involved. Oh, yeah. This is their whole thing. Battle. Exactly. Okay. Courier's ears. Yeah, I don't know. I I did Google it. Okay. And I can't remember what it is. Okay, thanks. Oh, I think they had a particular weapon or something. I think the Curacao was like a type of weapon. Okay. I don't know. Don't quiz me, They man. have a particular type of weapon. <laughs> Thanks for that. You're welcome. All right, it's just a soldier of some sort. It's a, some kind of soldier, yeah. Okay, so Harlequin's in charge of them. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's do this. Regiment after regiment now lined up in long rows on the floor before Nutcracker. The cannons went first, and boom! Sugar plums were fired into the army of mice, covering them in white powder and throwing them into disorder. Fwah. Yet the mice continued to advance, and some even overcame the cannons. But by this time, there was so much smoke and dust that Marie could hardly see what was happening. What was clear, however, was that the battle had become fierce, and a victor by no means certain. Above the chaos, the cries of Miss Clara could be heard, who was running every which way in panic, crying, Must I die in the bosom of youth? <laughs> <laughs> The melodrama is like, oh, it's, that's one of my favourite moments of any story. <laughs> Must I die in the bosom of you? Oh, that's amazing. The mice were ever increasing in number and their gunfire rained upon the glass case. God, they've got guns. <laughs> they've got real guns. Just mowing down. Yeah, they're like shooting them with sugar props. <laughs> <laughs> Cute little sugar plums. <laughs> oh, okay. Nutcracker strode through the ranks of Fritz's hussars, giving the necessary orders and encouragement to the troops. But while Harlequin had led the cavalry admirably, the hussars had been battered by the enemy's odious fire, and so had halted their advance. Oh, no. Harlequin ordered them to draw off to the left, and in the enthusiasm of command, headed the movement himself. The entire cavalry followed, and so they all headed for home. This left the cannons exposed to the ambush of some very ugly mice, and so they too were lost. <gasps> They've been overrun. Yeah, they have. Okay, so because Harlequin... He took, drew, drew he, off the like cavalry to the left, and now it's exposed the, the artillery. Some poor decision-making. That's yeah. why you don't promote people to general on the spot. Exactly. But you're enjoying this sort of... Like blow by blow account of the sort of strategy of a of a battle. Weirdly, campaign. it's what I wanted. Yeah, I want more detail, and you're giving it to me. This oh, is incredible. Oh, I love it. But it's not looking good. Victory is by no means certain. No, and in fact, I would say it's probably leaning in the favour of the mice at the moment. Definitely, it's not looking good. Let's hear his next stra- strategic <laughs> action. Nutcracker, now completely surrounded by the foe, was in the greatest peril. He tried to leap over the edge of the shelf and into the safety of the glass case, but found his legs too short. Clara lay in a great swoon, so could not help him. And at that moment... she's been useless. (laughs) (laughs) Must I die in the bosom of you? And at that moment, two mice took hold of his wooden mantle. The Mouse King, squeaking with all seven heads, leaped in triumph towards him, and Marie could no longer control herself. Oh, my poor nutcracker, she cried, sobbing and without being exactly conscious of what she was doing, grasped her left shoe and threw it with all her strength into the fray, straight at the king. In an instant, the mice had scattered, 
but Marie felt in her left arm a still sharper pain than before and sank unconscious to the floor. I need more ports. Okay. Oh boy. So I'll just do a quick recap, just a very quick one. Yes. Because there's a lot, a lot happened there. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, keep me in check if I don't get all the salient points. Yeah. So they don't like Drossel. That feels like a lifetime ago. They don't like Drossel Meyer's toy thing. Mm-hmm. So they go and they're like, "Oh, what's that? There's a weird little spindly man yeah. with a big head." And they're like, "That is uh, the Nutcracker. He's been in a, from a Nutcracker family for generations." Uh, Marie, you got to look after him. Yeah. But let Fritz play with him. She's like, great. And she's giving him a few little nuts, cracking yeah. them. Yeah. Fritz is like, come here. He shoved in some nuts that were too big. And it broke the nutcracker's uh, mouth. Like three teeth. <laughs> three out. teeth gone. Yeah. And a big argument ensues. And eventually they all retire to a room. I can't remember what room. And the kids are playing with toys. Yeah. They've gone there for the night to play with toys. Uh, Marie, Maria, unclear, yeah. is having a tea party with Miss Clarissa. A Clara. Miss Clara. Yeah. Uh, and Fritz is playing with his hussars, his new hussars that he, yeah. that he got for Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> anyway, mum's like, guys, come on. Time for bed. Time for bed. And Fritz thinks... Very sensibly, if I stay up talking to my hussars, they can't go to sleep. Yeah. So and those soldiers go. need some sleep, yeah. Marie is saying, oh, uh, Ma- mother dear, I'm having such a wonderful, delightful evening. And she's like, can I please stay up a bit longer? Yeah. Mum's like, okay. Uh, but she blows out all the candles, except one. Yeah. So it's very dark in there. Yeah. And there's Marie and Miss Clara. Yeah. Having their tea party. So mum goes to bed and... When everyone's in bed, Marie's like, okay, I'm going to get out Nutcracker now. Yeah. She pulls him out of her pocket, so he's quite small. Yeah. And she bandages him up or something. Yeah. And then puts him in Miss Clara's bed, saying, I'm awfully sorry, Miss Clara. I hope you don't mind terribly. And because it's not right that, you know, those two should sleep in the same it's room. Not right. Absolutely not right. Uh, she moves the bed to the second shelf where yeah. the hussars are. Exactly. The huzzar- Fritz's toys are on the second shelf. Marie's toys are on the bottom shelf. Yeah. And I, Miss Clara has to contend with the sofa, I think. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of couches. <laughs> yeah. So Marie's then leaving to go to bed. Um, yeah. Suddenly, the clock, the owl clock, yeah. uh, starts chiming and yeah. saying some crazy stuff. Hickory dickory dock. Some stuff. Dong ding. Pur 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 dong ding. Pur 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 dong ding. Mouse king. Yeah, exactly. And then... She sees all these eyes. That was amazing. She sees all the, the eyes beneath the floorboards yeah. like lit up like this. Terrifying, lights. right? Oh, amazing. And then they all come out into the room, thousands of mice. And then 
seven mice heads, yeah. mouse's heads, yeah, with uh, individual crowns on them appear, and it's attached to one body. Yeah, and a that's seven-headed mouse king. That's the the mouse king. Yeah, and then he's. Do they even say anything, or do they just start marching on the the cabinet? I think they just start marching. Yeah, they just start heading towards it, don't they? Yeah. And Marie- well, he's, I think he's like squealing a terrible, like screechy kind of horrible oh, yeah. noise. At this point, or just before this point, she feels like the clock looks like Councillor Drosselmeyer. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? That's is weird. That's really creepy. I think that's going to come up again. I certainly hope so. Because otherwise, weird. that would be. But weird also, detail. the Nutcracker looks like Drosselmeyer. Yeah. What's going on? I have no idea what's going on there. Weird stuff, Matt. Weird stuff. Do you know more than you're letting on? Um, not that much more because I okay. haven't actually read to the end of this yet. Uh, okay, so a big battle ensues. Yeah. Well, they're marching and I can't remember what happened, but the, the Nutcracker <laughs> is like, I'm going to take charge of this situation. Yeah. So, so they're obviously charging that way. And yeah, that's the moment when the Nutcracker sort of stands up and is like, we need to do something about I'm this. I'm taking charge here. Yeah. Someone needs to lead this. Yeah. And he calls to action, all my humble vassals. Yeah. Who will join me? And then... <laughs> and he gets the, the three Scaramouches, Harlequin... Was it four chimney sweeps, two guitar players, and a drummer? <laughs> exactly. That's all you need. Yeah. And he, and he goes squad. to jump down from the shelf... Uh, from the shelf he was on with the Hazars. And uh, he gets caught by Miss Clara. Yeah, because he is not in good shape. No. And she worried he'd hurt himself. Yeah. So she catches him. Yeah. Midair, which is quite romantic. It's as very you were alluding to. But like... Um, in a nice kind of reversed way. Like yeah, she's exactly. catching him and... She's got him and he's got his arms around her yeah. neck. Like, oh, Miss Clara. And then he... And then it's... What does it say? So he's like wriggling to get away or something. No, so what happens is he goes down on one knee. Yeah, basically. And says, my, my sweet lady. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then she says, don't hurt yourself. I don't remember. Well, she's basically saying... Oh, please. Why do you have to fight? Can't you just stay safe here? Yeah. And he's like, no, I have to. My honour demands it. And then she's like, well, let me give you my sash. It's all glittery. And he starts backing away. (laughs) Yeah. He's not not into that. That's way too too glitzy for him. No. Uh, So Marie gives him a little cloth. Sash or something. Yeah. A little mini sash. And he's like, that's way more my cup of tea. It's more plain. He gives it a little kiss. Gives her a kiss. I don't know why. And then jumps down into the fray. Yeah. Um, Hazars, they all join. Yeah. Uh, with the curiouses or something. Something like that, yeah. A couple of dragoons. And then that's sort of the cavalry and the artillery, isn't it? Yeah. He immediately promotes Harlequin to rank of general. Says, you take these yeah. guys and sort of, I don't know, outflank them, set up the, protect the artillery, basically. Exactly, yeah. They start firing in uh, sugar, sugar plums. plums. Yeah. Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy, is that a nutcracker? <gasps> yes, he's made the connection. Oh, what? I think that might come up later. Oh, this is so exciting. Honestly, because a lot of the music we use yeah. on the Christmas episodes throughout the years is it's from, from the Nutcracker Suite. Yeah, Tchaikovsky, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. assume there'll be lots playing in this episode. I think there might be. So they're firing sugar plums yeah. at the mice yeah. who just return fire with live ammunition. Well, there's no other description, so you have to shoot them as real guns. <laughs> um, uh, so the battle's raging. Yeah. Harlequin makes a mistake. Mm. He orders his cavalry to march on the left. So he's yeah. like, go left. They go yeah. left. 
leaves the artillery open to yeah. an attack from the mice, they decimate the artillery. Tide's turn, it's not looking good. No. Nutcracker's surrounded. He's battling away. He turns around. They grab his mantle, like his yeah. cloak, his, his coat. Yeah. And then they're like, we've got him to the Mouse King. Yeah. And then Marie, Marie's just not without thinking like, oh, this is terrible. Takes off her shoe, lobs it at the yeah. Mouse King. And then, and then pain in her left arm, which we're assuming is from... The cut. She basically smashed part yes. of her, like a glass pane from the cabinet and her elbow's bleeding. And then she's sort of, everything goes black. Yeah. And, and that's where we leave it. How how can we leave it there? <sighs> oh. Excruciating, right? <sighs> wow, it's fantastic, though. Yeah, it is fantastic. Isn't it? Isn't it such an exciting it's so story? Good. Yeah. Actually, thinking about it, maybe I shouldn't say this, but it would have made an amazing miniseries. Actually, would have done one it? episode, but one chapter per episode. Yeah. Didn't think about that. Didn't think about that, but I'm loving it. This is great. It's so Christmassy as well, so it's yeah, perfect. Exactly, yeah. I mean, it's uh, yeah. I don't know. What What are your thoughts on it? What do you do? You, do you like it? I do love it. I, I really do. It is like you said earlier. Like it's beautifully written. Like um, it, there's a lot of like melodrama, and it's but it's sweet in a in a way that like I guess children can take something so seriously. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I don't know. Maybe kids are playing with these toys and things. And to them, it, it's this grand life and death epic battle. And the like really detailed descriptions of the battle scenes and stuff. Oh, so good. So good. Yeah, it, it really is sort of the, the kids world from their perspective. Exactly. There is a kind of blurred line. They obviously think the toys are real. Yeah. But in this world, they are real, as in alive. Yeah. So it's like, do the kids already know that they come alive? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's like, oh, the hazards won't go to sleep unless I go to bed. Yeah. But in this case, it's true. It's like they do. So were they actually chatting with them or not? That's kind of unclear at the moment. It's ambiguous, yeah. feels like that throughout the story. They are talking as if they know that they're real. Like having a several hour long tea party with a doll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love how grown up Maria is. She's amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't think of examples, but she kept acting like a real adult. Like in that uh, kind well, of childish when she way. Won, when she wanted to stay up, she was like, I've got some business to attend to, mother, <laughs> and uh, yes. I won't be too long. Yeah, so great. And it is like, it does feel like the story is fro- It's like a sort of child's eye view of the world, isn't it? Mm. And like the depictions of what the parents and Godfather Drosselmeyer are saying. Hmm. It's almost like it's it's still from the kid's perspective mm. and like they understand what they understand of the world around them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh it's full of childlike wonder, I would say. It is, I agree. And charm. Yeah. It's very really lo- it's it's really um it's co it's cozy, mm. it's creepy. Yeah. What I also like is that I'm already very invested in mm-hmm. the sort of central narrative of this battle taking place, but there's that through line of weird thing going on with Drosselmeyer. Mm. What's going on there? That's really bizarre. He's sort of everywhere. <laughs> Who is this guy? Has anyone checked him out, as you said? Well, he's going to haunt your dreams and everything for the next year. I need some pork. <laughs> I, I can't cope with this. I'm, that's not okay. I'm going to eat some nuts. Shall I fill you up? Yes, please.
Well, what a lovely Christmas. It's mm. so nice to be back. It's been an absolute joy. So not only are we back, finally, after the first time in a long while, I think, I mean, it's slightly spoiled because at the start you uh, highlighted that this is our sixth Christmas episode. <laughs> yeah. I still can't quite work out how that uh, works, but I was going to say we've been doing this five years. This is our fifth Christmas episode. <laughs> it's actually our sixth. And, you know, we haven't done as much this year as we normally would. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's not any stats or anything to go through. Uh, but one thing I thought was quite amazing is that, sadly, not it's not the case right now. But if average downloads continue the way they've been mm-hmm. going, we will be on 500,000 downloads within the next few weeks. Yeah. Half a million. That's exciting. That's a big milestone for us. Yeah. And it's quite nice that it ties in with five years. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Six Christmases. (laughs) That's just the way it's worked out. (laughs) And uh, in that time, we have released, on Grim Reading, Mm -hmm. 107 episodes, including today's episode. Okay. 44 Mm. Grim Fables episodes, Mm -hmm. which is our Patreon-only podcast. Mm Mm-hmm. Two Q&A episodes in Grim Fables. Yeah. And 11 special episodes. Okay. Uh, most of those are our Sinbad the Sailor series. Oh, okay, yeah. And then Little Mermaid and Pied Piper. And just this weekend, we've had one appearance on another podcast. <laughs> that we, we, the, the one crossover. So altogether, if my calculations are correct, that means we've done 165 episodes not bad. Or little audio productions. How do you feel about that number? That's quite large. One six five is pretty good. Yeah, I'd say so. I'm happy with that. I mean, I'm not. I'm not trying to like big us up and say how oh, amazing no, no. and productive we are. No, but because so, we're not. You know, a lot of ways. <laughs> but it's more, but perhaps I more think than it's you still something to be proud of. Yeah, thought it would be definitely. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm. Yeah, I'm really proud. This. It's. It's been a. M- much less productive year. Last year, I think, was the most we've ever produced yeah. in a year. This year was the least we've ever produced yeah. in a year. But um, the break was was needed, I'd say, and yeah, uh, I think so, and fruitful, and it was useful. But my goodness, I'm very happy to be back. Yeah, and I I'd like to think we're back with a sort of renewed excitement and enthusiasm to just sort of get cracking. And, I mean, what a perfect way to ease back into it with the Christmas party. Absolutely. And uh, speaking of getting cracking, we won't be having a Grim Fables episode this year. We normally have a little after party over on uh, Patreon. That's true. But the Christmas festivities, Adam, are not finished here. Oh, no, Grim Castle. We enjoyed our live stream five-year party so much earlier in the year. Yeah. That we're doing it all over again in just a few days' time. Oh, it's exciting. (laughs) So you are cordially invited to join us at 8pm GMT at Castle Grimm on the 22nd of December for a festive quiz night. Oh. (laughs) We will have more merrymaking with a quiz, Zoom chats... And we'll also be setting things on fire. Oh, that now that is a tantalising little tease, isn't it? And I'm I'm not. That's I'm not, not a metaphor. No, nope. that's literal. We will literally be setting things on fire in a live stream, live on YouTube. 
in a few days' time. It can only go wrong. <laughs> it's going to be a night to remember. <laughs> so yeah, we're having um, essentially another Christmas episode. Yeah. But a live or another live event. Yeah. On the twenty second of December, and the main part of it will be a quiz. Yeah. So you, been, Adam's been looking into this. This is his whole area. But on YouTube, there's pretty decent looking quiz functionality, if I may use the word functionality over Christmas. <laughs> Must you, Matt? No, that's absolutely right. And um, it should be like very easy. If you tuned in live on YouTube, very easy to play along just via the YouTube chat. Yeah, it's going to be great. Oh, it won't. Be so much it, fun. Well, the plan is it won't be as long as our previous live Almost stream. certainly not, yeah. Yeah, probably about half the length, hopefully. Yeah. But um, we'll just get together and see how it goes. Yeah. I think is the plan. And as Matt mentioned, like part of that is potentially like a Zoom chat like we did last time. We called like several people in and just chatted live via video feed, like on the on the uh, live stream. If you fancy doing that and you've got any sort of Christmas decorations up, Christmas jumpers, Christmas snacks, anything to discuss that's kind of festive, that'll be fun. Yeah, and I think we'll think more about specifically what to ask people before exactly come on yeah in the coming days yeah, yeah <laughs> but yeah. uh yeah so just to reiterate friday the 22nd of december grim reading live quiz night yeah festive quiz night 8 p.m gmt that's 9 p.m cet central european time okay 3 p.m est and about midday pst pacific Standard yeah, things like I'll just make that up. And very early Wednesday morning in Australia, New Zealand, and the Pacific. Yeah. Poor, poor Antipodeans. Always losing out. No, I, I think they're doing just fine. And I think they could make it this time. Okay. Depending on whether... You know, Australia's got four time zones. Oh, yeah, that is true. I th- is it four? Maybe it's even more. I say that's true, not actually knowing well, if it's you're true. You're the whole hemisphere guy. <laughs> But you're oh, not time ma- zone guy. I'm hemisphere guy, not time zones. That's a whole different... You're, Wrong segments. I'm talking latitude, you're talking I'm longitude. Talking. <laughs> right? My bad. <laughs> I'm sorry, mate. I get my lats and my longs mixed up. Forgive me. It, we all do it from time to time. It's fine. Must I die in the bosom of you? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hello, Adam from the future here. We completely forgot to mention this at the Grim Reading Christmas party, possibly on account of the port we were drinking, but the link to the upcoming Christmas quiz live stream can be found in the description of this podcast, as well as across our various social media platforms and Patreon. Anyway, back to the party. Well, I think it is that time to sort of draw the party to a close. Uh, As we said, the festivities will continue, but just for now. Yeah party is over <laughs> just for now everybody leave <laughs> you need to go home go home yes thank you so much everyone for joining us once again for our christmas special which is always a pleasure adam cheers merry christmas cheers thank merry you christmas. so much for my book i love it oh, and my oh, dvd so <laughs> thank you so much for my dvd and my amazing hat you look you look very fetching thank you you've been wearing it the whole time so i hope you've pictured adam <laughs> Telling these stories whilst wearing a dashing Puss in Boots hat. All right, well, um, it's 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 a bit nippy, and the eggnog's been flowing, so yeah. is it all right if I just park myself in a turret at your castle tonight? I've got the space. That's fine. I think it's for the best. 
Okay, you don't sound so somber about it. You know? I think it's for the best, and I'd be I'd be happy to have you here. There we go. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's put the fire out and uh, call it a night. Call it a night. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas, everyone. And a happy new year. See you very soon, and keep it grim. Keep it grim. Bye. Bye. If you'd like to support the podcast, please head over to patreon.com slash grimreading to find out how, and also see the range of benefits available as a thank you from us. You can, of course, email us at grimreadingpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at grimreadingpod, and we're also on Instagram and Facebook at grimreading. You can find us on Podbean, podbean.com slash grimreading, and we also have a website, grimreading.wordpress.com. Keep it grand.